morning, as Pastor David already mentioned, Pastor Jade is in Texas, and I was tempted to say on vacation, but he went to clean Texas, so that's, I don't know, more like he went on the mission field. So, <laughs> praise the Lord. All right. I just really love to start with positive statements like that. So we're in the middle of a sermon series called Teach Us to Pray. We've been in this series for a number of weeks. In fact, uh, beginning the year with our 21-day fast, we decided to talk about prayer, centering in on Matthew chapter 6, when Jesus gives us what is known as the Lord's Prayer. And we've been abiding and meditating in the Lord's Prayer over the past six Sundays beginning with our Father, and we've made it all the way to our Father. So you can tell we've just been loving it. It's been incredible. And today we're going to move on to our Father, and it's going to be awesome. Uh, Our Father indicates not only each of us in our individual relationship with God, God is my Father, but Jesus very purposefully, I believe, says He is our Father. And he speaks to a corporate understanding of our relationship with the Father. In other words, as his family, we are to pray together. The whole idea of the prayer is our Father. When you pray, corporately pray together like this, our Father. And in fact, as I'll reference later in my sermon, there are all the the different pronouns in it are plural. Give us our daily bread. You guys still with me? I mean, this is really exciting stuff, right? Okay, good. We just speak things that aren't as though they were, amen? <laughs> See, when Jesus taught this, he could have easily taught this in an indiv- as an individualistic prayer. And in fact, in the preceding verses, seemingly teaches that each of us should not pray in public, but pray in the privacy of our own homes. Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, he says, But you, when you pray... Go into your inner room, close your door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees uh, what is done in secret will reward you. And yet in three verses, Jesus takes the time to say, when we pray, we pray this way, our father, not my father. The key to understanding this, I think, is understanding the context in which we see this prayer. Beginning in Matthew chapter five, Jesus starts a sermon and a sermon that we know as the Sermon on the Mount. And he starts with the Beatitudes. And immediately after that, his teaching takes an interesting turn because all his teaching after the Beatitudes is relational in nature. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, 14 through 20, he talks about any disciples, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. What is he doing there if not talking about our relationship with the world at large. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 21 through 48, he begins to deal with personal relationships. In verse 21, he says, You've heard you'll, you shall not commit murder, but I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be guilty. Jesus then moves on to, uh, into a discussion on forgiveness. What is Jesus talking about? He's teaching on relationships. Verses 27 through 32, he speaks on lust and adultery and divorce. He's talking about relationships. And finally, in verses 38 through 48, he talks about revenge and loving your enemy. That is relational. 
And then finally, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, we see that Jesus is continuing his teaching with this statement, beware of practicing your righteousness before men to be noticed by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father who is in heaven. I wrote this in my notes. It says, Jesus is warning those that would become his disciples to not use their relationship with man to publicly establish their own righteousness. He's asking them, listen, go into the privacy of your inner room and allow God to establish your reward. In other words, if you're looking for someone to establish your righteousness, that person is God. And do that on your own time. Matthew chapter six, verse five says, when you pray, you are not to be like the hypocrites for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they may be seen by men. Truly, I say to you, they have their full reward, but you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Then Jesus continues with his teaching within the context of relationships in verse nine saying, pray then this way, our father. So he's talking about all this stuff within the context of relationships. And he says, don't use your relationships with man to establish your own righteousness. Go into the privacy of your own house, allow God to establish your righteousness. And then when you come back into relationship with man, let us pray together like this, our Father. And this morning, I'm not suggesting that the Lord's prayer is not meant to be a pattern by which we can pray individually. In fact, it's one of the most efficient, efficacious ways of praying in my personal time. When I sit down, I say, our, my father, God, today I declare you as my father. And though I sometimes doubt, Lord, you are faithful and true as a loving father. You guys know what I'm talking about. However, I am suggesting that in this teaching, the Lord's Prayer, we see the implied understanding that we, his disciples, are to pray together. Jesus is assuming my disciples pray together. And when they pray together, this then is how you should pray. Life in the Spirit New Testament commentary says this, All the pronouns in the prayer are plural. Thus, it really is a community or corporate prayer. Jesus is forming a new community. Come on, somebody can shout amen to that. God is forming a new community, a corporate prayer. Jesus is forming a new community and the prayer he gives will be one of its distinctives. The corporate emphasis is seen at the beginning of the prayer in the simple address of God as father. For him, speaking of Jesus and his disciples, know God as father with all that that uh, term means. And as his disciples address God as father, they affirm their unity and their sense of belonging to his family. When they pray together, the disciples are to be aware that they form a community before God. They share the same goals and they love one another. And I love this. When Jesus goes to the temple and he sees all the money changers, he gets so angry. He says, it's written, my house is to be a house of prayer. Ian Bounds goes into great length speaking on the house of God and prayer and that the life of this body and church is is completely based on the presence and the power of corporate prayer. This morning, I have the privilege, I have the honor to talk 
on this very thing, on praying together, practically speaking. What does it mean to pray together and how do we pray together? Uh, This morning, the title of my message is The Practice and Protocol of Corporate Prayer. Now, if that doesn't inflame your hearts and cause your faith to just jump to the next level, then I don't know what does. Come on, who doesn't love talking about protocol? I mean, wow! I'm so glad you're laughing. As funny as that is, I want to submit to you this morning that there is a power that protocol holds. Protocol is a container that holds power. Before we begin, and we're gonna talk about the very, very practical things about corporate prayer this morning. And hopefully by the time we get to the end of it, I'm, I'm hoping to knock this out so that we can actually pray together. Imagine that, praise the Lord. And we can employ the, some of these protocols, some of these practices so that we can see its inherent power. But before we jump into that, I think there's a few initial thoughts about protocol that we need to understand before we jump into the practicalities. Now, thought number one is this, that there are protocols for corporate prayer and that not all protocols are the same. And this is exactly what Jesus was trying to establish with his disciples. When you pray, here's the protocol for prayer. And it's gonna mark you as different than the Pharisees. It'll mark you as different than the disciples of John. Each, each group and each body, they have their own protocols for prayer. And we see that true today. Churches have different protocols on, that's what, liturgical prayer is a protocol of prayer. It's a way of prayer. Protocol simply means the accepted or established code of procedure or behavior in any group. Pray then this way, Jesus says. In other words, here is the protocol for corporate prayer. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33. I think many of us have heard this and in our prayer lives, we've probably prayed this about God. It says, for God is not a God of, you can talk to me, God is not a God of confusion, chaos. Other ones say disorder. So why don't we try this again? All together now, corporately, God is not a God of confusion, chaos, or order. All three. No, just kidding. What is that saying? Paul actually is referencing this as it pertains to protocol. Now, I believe that God desires peace in our lives because that's, that's what, how that verse finishes. It says, for God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. But when, we got to understand this verse within its context. So 1 Corinthians chapter 14, actually 12 through 14, Paul goes into a long discourse on the gifts of the spirit within the body of Christ, within their services. And there was a lot of confusion. There was breakdown. People were trying to talk over one another. And Paul says, listen, listen, listen. No, 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 no. Here's how we do it. Here's the protocol for the gifts of the spirit because God is not a God of chaos. Let's read it together, starting in verse 29. Two or three prophets should speak and the others should weigh carefully what is said. And if revelation comes to someone who is sitting down, the first speaker should stop. 
For you can all prophesy in turn so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. The spirits of the prophets are subject to the control of prophets for God is not a God of chaos. What's he saying? He's saying, listen, the spirit comes upon you, but you are still in control. You are still, it doesn't come upon you and I just out of control, I'm gonna jump up and interrupt everything that's going on so everybody can hear my voice and my word. And I'll tell you now, when you do that, when it comes from a place of disorder, it truly does become your word. And not God's. Luke chapter 11, verse one, two, this is Luke's, version of the Lord's prayer. It says, it happened that while Jesus was praying in a certain place, after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John also taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say this. Again, the New Spirit, uh, Life in the Spirit New Testament commentary says, Luke's version happens at an undisclosed place and apparently in a more intimate private time, When the disciples seeing Jesus at prayer said, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples, apparently, and this is what's really important here. So hone in on this with me. Apparently Jesus's disciples were asking him to teach them a prayer that like the Baptist movement's prayer would identify them distinctively as followers of Jesus. There are protocols and there are different protocols and that's okay. Because some churches utilize liturgical prayers does not make them religious. It does not make them wrong. It just makes them different. And that's okay. What is awesome to think about is that it marks us. Our protocol reveals distinctives about who we are. That's why I love that Pastor Jade has given me the opportunity to speak on this because what we are forming together is a protocol of prayer, corporate prayer for Antioch Church. And it is to reflect who we are. It puts us all on the same page and establishes unity. Thought number two, I gotta move forward. Thought number two, protocol is not synonymous with the spirit of religion. I've already mentioned this a few times, but protocol does not equate, it's not synonymous with the spirit of religion. And here's why. Because external rules do not determine the spirit of religion, the heart does. Pastor Jade has said that many times from this very pulpit. I've said it, listen, it's the condition of your heart that determines whether or not your actions are religious in nature or spirit-filled. I could go into great lengths in talking about that, but I'm going to move forward. I have nine pages of notes, y'all. Page two. Thought number three, protocol is important and valuable. And unless we understand why it is important and valuable, we will, in a spirit of individualism and independence, reject and or avoid the power of protocol. See, protocol requires that we all work together. That's that's what it's all about. But deep within the heart of the human nature, 
And I think even, I would say the Western church, we are in love with independence and individualism. But there is a power in protocol. There's a power in family and in being together. What is that power? Number one, protocol provides unity. It provides unity. And unity, listen, there's just three aspects of unity I want to give to you that make protocol so important. Number one, unity is a key to God's provision. It is. In Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, Jesus says, again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, what is Jesus talking about? He's talking about corporate prayer. And he says, if the two of you agree, protocol is a place of unity. It helps us to agree. It's an agreed upon set of rules. We agree and we're doing this together in agreement. It, scripture says, it shall be done for them. Unity is a key, not the key, not the only key, but it is a key to seeing God's provision in our lives. How many of you want to pray and see things manifested in the earth? We need agreement. We need some protocol. Number two, unity attracts the presence of God. Matthew chapter 18, verses 20 and 21. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them. For where two or three have gathered together in my name, unity, I am there in the midst of them. See, Jesus is our provider. And if we are going to see provision, he's gotta be a part of the equation. And unity attracts his, it attracts him when two people, they get together in my name. That's not just a verbal filler. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes, he's here. That's not what that means. In his name literally means we are here and all his desires are our desires. And all his will is our will. His purposes are our purposes. I am praying in his name. And finally, number three, unity releases God's anointing and blessing. Psalm 133, this is, man, I was meditating on this this morning and it just blew me away. 133 verses one through three, behold how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. That's so great. I mean, have you ever been to a church service? Not here. Where you can just sense the disunity, the unforgiveness, the offense, the hurt, the isolationism. Have you ever been there? Man, how pleasant it is. Scripture goes on. It says it is like precious oil. One thing we know about scriptures, whenever you see oil, we know that oil represents the anointing. It represents his spirit. Here it says, behold how good it is and pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. It is like precious oil upon the head, coming down the beard, even Aaron's beard coming down the edge of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon coming down upon the mountains of Zion for there the Lord commanded. And, I, and listen, it says upon the mountains of Zion for there. And we wanna think, oh, wherever the mountains of Zion are, they are, that's where God's blessing and his life eternal resides. But I think it's wherever unity is. He's saying, 
unity, it's awesome. And he talks about the anointing and he says, blessings and life eternal are there. Unity. Am I going too long? What's going on over here? What was that? All right, I'm going to keep going. Baby, we're going to talk later. Just kidding. Happy Valentine's Day. (laughs) Unity releases God's anointing and blessing. The second thing about protocol that's so important, that makes it so important, is that protocol makes corporate action effective. It makes it effective. If you were watching football and there were no rules, what would you be watching? I have a word for it. It's called recess. And I think we've had a lot of recess in our churches. But protocol helps us to get on the same page and we're all moving in the same direction. And listen, that's a foul. So we can't do that. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 26, going back to the passage on protocol from Paul. What then shall we say, brothers and sisters, when you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. The church is effectively built up when we operate according to protocol. And I just want to read this again now with this understanding in verse 29 through 33. Two or three prophets should speak and the others should weigh carefully what is said. And if a revelation comes to someone who is sitting down, the first speaker should stop. Don't, don't talk over one another. This is protocol. For you can all prophesy in turn. You can take turns. I, I mean, it sounds like he's talking to kids. I know I say that to my kids all the time. You can take turns. And all the parents said, I know that discussion. (laughs) And some of you wives said, I know that discussion. (laughs) For you can all prophesy in turn so that everybody may be instructed and encouraged. Protocol helps us to be effective. It makes action effective. Different teams have different protocols different styles of playing. And to the degree the players can all adhere to those protocols will determine the degree of effectiveness by which they will play. I was watching this team. I'll leave it nameless because I love this team. And it's not the Broncos. Even though I have a very loving attitude towards the Broncos, the Rices, it's okay. <laughs> and uh, in this particular game, they have a, they, this team has a great defense and a cornerback and a safety they were, they were in the, you know, they were trying to cover this one particular player. And man, this, this quarterback threw this ball straight into the arms of this player. And the player ran in between the cornerback and the safety in for the winning touchdown. <clears throat> I'm working on some forgiveness. Now, you know what those two players did afterwards, after the play? They were pointing at each other like, what were you doing? That was on you. Why? Because they got their protocols messed up. And because their protocols were messed up, they were ineffective. They were ineffective. I am under the suspicion that the longer we operate without protocols in corporate prayer, the longer we remain in ineffective prayer. 
And then during worship, this other point just jumped into my head, so I'm going to say it real quick. Number three, the third reason why protocol can be so important to prayer is because protocol requires humility and alignment. And if you think your prayers prayed out of alignment and in a place of pride will yield anything but fleshly results, then you are misinformed. And I'm here to tell you this morning that alignment and humility are the foundation for effective prayer. And that's what protocol does. Protocol establishes a place where we can say, I submit to this. You still with me this morning? I think Pastor Jade allowed me to preach this so he didn't have to. He said, well, if they get offended, they won't leave the church because it ain't Pastor Jade. Well, I'll take that on in Jesus' name. (laughs) And if you hear this, Pastor Jade, I love you and thank you for the honor and the opportunity. Okay. Here we are to the practicalities. We understand why it's important. We understand that it is important. We understand that it's biblical to have protocol. Well, what are some protocols of Antioch Church? This is something that I did not come up with on my own, even though I'd love to take credit for it. Uh, Jonathan, myself, Pastor Jay, we all sat down and we talked about this at great length. And I'm not gonna use the three or four pages of notes I received from Pastor Jade. I'll use half that, all right? So three pages to go. You guys ready? All right. Number one, how do we pray together? We pray together by praying together. I know, I know that's like a mind-bending concept, but it really is true. We pray together by praying together. What does that mean? Praying corporately means everyone praying. Corporate times of prayer are not times of observing, but of participating. You wouldn't believe how many prayer meetings I've been a part of where someone is praying and other people in the room are like this. Man, he's passionate. All right. No, 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 listen, here at Antioch Church, when someone prays, we all pray. We're all on board. Scripture specifically says in Acts chapter 44, verse 23 and 24, on their release, Peter and John went back to their own people. Come on, we are a people. Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. You know what that sounds like? You know what together means in the Greek? Pastor Jade loves doing this. It means together. Come on, lift up your voice. It says everyone lifted up their voices. I think, I think a protocol that we can agree on is that when we pray corporately, we all pray. It's not the time for being distracted. Have you ever been there? I know I have. Someone's praying and I'm totally thinking about lunch. I know, I'm a pastor on staff, I get it. Hopefully you don't, I don't lose too much respect. But just think back in your life. Have you ever experienced that? You're just distracted. Maybe you're hungry and it's the 21 day fast. Lord knows that happens. Yearly here at Antioch. (laughs) Don't check out. When we're praying, man, I love this body. One of the things I love, one of the distinctives I love about Antioch Church is how we, we open the mic for prayer. 
Listen, y'all, I moved every three years of my life, my father being in the military. And then after he got out of the military, it was like, I'm still moving. So I went to, after high school, I went to college. After college, I went back to Washington. After Washington, I went back to Tulsa. After Tulsa, I moved to Colorado Springs. Whew, a lot of moving. And I've been to a lot of different churches. And you know how many churches outside of this one I saw actually just open up the mic for people to pray? Zero. Zero. What freedom we have in this body. Man, I want to take advantage of that every time because it's just not available. We should not take that for granted. It's a holy covenant with God and we're participating uh, excuse me, participating together. Man, I'm just getting excited. I hope that's okay. <laughs> there are times, listen, there are times when I spend a lot of time thinking about what I'm gonna say in those corporate times of prayer. And I think when it says they lifted up their voices together, people weren't going, yeah, yeah, go ahead and pray and I'm gonna think about what I'm gonna say. Have you ever tried talking with someone, like having a conversation with someone and all the, all, it feels like everything they say back to you, they weren't really listening to what you were saying at all. They were just thinking about what they were gonna say. And all the married people said, uh-huh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw you guys. Say, Man, today's happy Valentine's Day. I love that. That is great. <laughs> that is just great. I wrote this in concerning this idea of thinking about what to say. I wrote this about myself. There are times that I spend a lot of time thinking about what I want to pray. And because of that, I have at best only a general idea of what is being prayed for. How is that unity? And the power of unity is diminished because of it. Okay, let's move forward. Number two, I think we pray together by praying in agreement. Thank you. You know what just happened there? That agreement pulled something out of me. I was just going to move forward, but now I'm going to just camp out. Just kidding. <laughs> praying in agreement. Man, we got to learn how to pray what the person who's praying on the mic is praying. I was, in a, I was a chaplain at Oral Roberts University. It's where I went to school. And a chaplain, every floor had a chaplain. This was the guy who was supposed to lead spiritually the floor. And they said that I could do it. And I, I thought, I'm, I look back on myself back then and I think, they were just under a lot of deception, <laughs> you know. <laughs> But I had the opportunity. It was a great learning experience for me. And, and a number of different floors, chaplains would gather together for what was called a dorm meeting. And we would just get together as leaders of our floors and just talk and then pray. And I realized that when we were praying that we weren't praying in agreement. Some of us were just, it was more like we were just praying around each other. You know? Someone was praying out loud and I was praying what I wanted to pray. And this person was, and that person wasn't even praying. What are they doing? Why are they chaplains? <laughs> and just, I mean, just waiting around for prayer to end. It was at that time that the Lord taught me a very important lesson about corporate protocol in prayer. He said, Dan, why don't you just try repeating what they're saying? This is very practical, Dan. Just try this. And I, tr I mean, I was going down deep in my heart, like, why, Lord? Am I just rebellious? Oh, God, please forgive me. And he's like, no, no, just, Dan, just, just try this. Just repeat what they're saying and make their prayer your own. 
So just make your, the prayer your own. So someone says, dear God, we just pray for revival to touch the city of Colorado Springs. There's a number of different things you can do. You can say, I agree with that. You can say, and then this is where this practical piece of teaching comes from. Lord, God, I pray. Yes, please, Lord, release a spirit of revival in Colorado Springs. That is agreement. Being in the same room does not mean agreement. Another thing about praying in agreement, I think it's, uh, don't, and then this one's a little, just follow me here. I understand this one's a little, um, it's just, you got to really be aware to the intangibles in prayer. But I would say, don't, don't change the subject of prayer too quickly. Have you ever been a part of a prayer meeting where it's like, Someone's praying and all of a sudden the life of God is on that prayer. I mean, you sense God's presence, you sense agreement. And the very next person you think, okay, launching pad, let's go. And then someone gets up there and says, Lord, I just pray for the community. I mean, it's like something totally different than what they were praying. And then it's like immediately like, I'm sorry that you guys have experienced that because it really stinks. I mean, literally. I think it stinks to the Lord. <laughs> and and here's, now here's the thing. This is not to say, this teaching is not to say there's, this is wrong as much as, man, if we can get on the same page, we can go so much further. You understand? You hear my heart? And so I think in this one, I, I mean, I remember I was, a, I was serving on a young adult staff. I was minister, you know, volunteering on this staff. And this staff, uh, we would get together once a week, early morning and pray. Now, I don't make my staff do that, I think. And they, they thank me for it all the time. But we get together at like five, six in the morning and pray. And in that prayer time, there was this one particular young adult. <laughs> and we would be praying. And seriously, the presence of the Lord, we'd be like, Lord, oh God, just release your spirit into the young adults. God, would you touch them? And man, life would start, I mean, gener- a passion is being generated. And this one particular young adult, it seemed like every time I was like, oh, he would get on the mic and he would say, he would say, you know, we're praying for, you know, an infilling and a baptism of the Holy Spirit in the young adults. And you say, Lord, I just pray for the old folks' homes in, in the city. And we're like, what? <laughs> no, that's, and, and then we go, you know, and the thing is, we just go, okay, yeah, yeah, Lord, they need you too. I mean, we don't, I mean, what do you say? <laughs> a number of things happen in moments like that. Number one, passion stalls out. It's like a misfiring engine. Have you ever ridden in a car that's just misfiring all the time? It's not comfortable. It is not a comfortable situation. I feel like I'm going to die. It's a little distracting, to be honest. And prayers like that, it gets a little distracting when people do that. Whatever unity was being generated is immediately disbanded because now we're all trying to figure out what happened, how we got there. What is that person praying for? What am I saying? I think there are swells in prayer. You know, there's these swells in prayer and just, man, if some, God's burdening some, you with a prayer point that's different than what's being prayed for, just wait. Just wait a little bit until there's a, you, you can sense it and I promise you we're gonna get there and Pastor Jay's gonna train us and we're gonna have opportunity to grow in this, but you can sense it. The, the spirit kind of, it, it's like a wave. It just, when you hit a high point and all of a sudden it starts to come down you say, okay, okay, I think there's other things we can pray for. This is practical, you guys. Number three, my point here is praying, not teaching. Okay, there's no preaching here. 
When you get up to pray, direct your prayers to God. It's to him that we're, have you ever been a part of that prayer meeting? Someone gets up here and says, they say, man, we're going to pray for the nations. So I was in my prayer time the other day and, and man, it's all of a sudden, it's like just the stutter step to a stall, to a stall and to a stop. And I think when we have corporate, listen, I'm speaking specific timing here. We're talking about corporate prayer. Now there are times, listen, you get a word and you're going to share it. There are times for that and that's great. And there's protocols for that. But what we're talking about is the protocol of prayer. And when we're praying to God, let's pray. So whatever it is that you were going to teach, just pray it. Just, just direct it at God and say, God, you're awesome. And we can agree with you in prayer. See, what happens is when we begin to teach in the moments of prayer, and, and listen, this is not a black and white situation. There are times and seasons and prayer looks different and we're going to follow the spirit of God. That's number one. Okay, but I think on the whole, the protocol is, you know, we pray it. And if I start teaching, people get their eyes off of God. And instead of participating in prayer, they, they take the seat in the college auditorium in order to listen to the lecture. And that's not what we're trying to do here. We're trying to pray together. Okay, we're almost done. Um, oh man, no, we'll just move on. Okay. <laughs> Praying together and no preaching also includes don't pray prayers of correction. Now, let me just explain this one first. I like to call this the corporate prayer boxing competition. You know, two people are duking it out in prayer correcting each other in the guise of praying. And I just think that is really passive aggressive. And, and I know that this doesn't happen all the time, but it does happen. I've seen people get up and pray. just imagine this situation with me. Here I am, I'm up here. Lord, I pray that you would release the power of your spirit, that we would see the baptism of the Holy Ghost. God, we wanna see your people speaking in tongues. Person grabs the mic and says, Lord, I pray that you do release the spirit. I pray that we would speak in tongues, but I pray that others would receive interpretation because your word says that if one speaks in a tongue and to pray that he might interpret. So God, I just pray that. Then that person standing there going, what? Excuse me, takes the mic and says, Lord, you're also, your word also says, now I wish that we all spoke in tongues. And that person says, okay, all right. Take the mic. Yes, Lord, but to finish, my very wise brother and mature brother, that verse also says that when you speak in tongues, even more that you prophesy. So Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. And I mean, they're like correcting one another in, in prayer. Or I've seen this one. God, we just bless our president. We bless President Obama. And then the next person says, yes, we can honor the position, Lord. And it's like this weird, awkward tension all of a sudden. They're like, no, 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 come on, come on. That's just an example of disunity. And prayer. And there's a time and a place for correction, y'all. Just if you find it, if you find that the person prays something that's kind of crazy, you know, like, you know, after the service or after the time, just pull them aside on your own and say, hey, man, let's talk about this a little bit. You know, because that speaks to me of unity and brotherhood more than trying to correct someone in front of everybody does. <laughs> oh, this is so fun. Thank you, Pastor. All right, 
Number four, pray corporate prayers. If we're going to pray in a corporate prayer setting, pray corporate prayers. I think that it seems legitimately clear, but it is not to some people. Instead of using words like I, my, and me, use words like us, our, and we. I, I can't tell you how many times I've been a part, and I've done this myself, seriously. And I, you know, we're praying, we're praying, we're praying. And, you know, everybody's praying together. Lord, we, we, our, us, us, our, yes. And then someone gets there and says, Lord, I just love you so much. You're wonderful to me. And I, and I just want you to come fill my heart and my life. And all of a sudden, everybody's like, you're just listening going, is, all right, let's lay hands on them, guys. I don't know. I, you know, yeah, what do you, you know, you're like, what are we praying? Are we, you know, it's very easy to turn that prayer into us and we. God, we love you. All of a sudden, we're on the same team going for the same goal. We are magnifying the Lord together instead of you magnifying the Lord in front of us. I think, this is what, I, think, I think this is what the Lord is talking about when he says, don't be like the hypocrites, okay? They go, they wanna pray in front of everybody. No, there is a time and a place for that and that's valid, but it's when you're alone. When you're gonna pray for yourself, pray by yourself. <laughs> Y'all hear what I'm saying this morning? And finally, number five, pray God's word. I think if we're gonna pray, in a, of all the prayer meetings that I've been a part of where it's corporate, the most effective and most powerful ones are when we pray God's word. Very simply, pray God's word. Sometimes we don't know. I, I think it's, I don't like it. This is very opinion. This is opinion. This is I, not the Lord. I don't like it when we say, okay, let's pray. And I've just sensed that God's gonna pray. He wants us to pray corporately. So here's the mic. Come on, let's pray. Is anybody gonna pray or? Yeah, we're all together not praying. Yeah. You know what? What's going It's very simple. Just pray God's word. I mean, we all know God's word. We all have God's word. If you have a phone that looks something like this, you have God's word. <laughs> and you can pray it. You can, let's just pray. Pray God's word. Why is this good? Because I think it helps us to pray God's promises and not our opinions. I think in corporate prayer settings, we need to be careful not to pray just our opinions. But we need to pray God's promises. Remember, I think God, this helps us because it helps us to remain in God's spirit and not in our soul. So we see the soapbox mentality a lot of times. Someone will come up and pray for 30 minutes on one, like on a soapbox. And you can tell they're very passionate about it, but you've left all of us behind. So pray God's word about it. I think it helps us to pray God's desires instead of our desires. Do you hear what I'm saying this morning? And finally, the very last thing I would like to speak to you about today in terms of just practices and protocol of corporate prayer, just be aware of time. <laughs> just be aware. Now, if you're thinking about my sermon, we're talking about prayer, okay? <laughs> All right? So number one, I forgive you, okay? <laughs> but be aware of time. Have you ever, have you ever been in a prayer meeting where someone's just, it's just the only way to describe it is long-winded, it's like, you need to stop and breathe, friend. How can you do, I, man, you can like hold your breath for like eight minutes. What is going on over here? Yeah, like, do you practice at home? I wonder how long I could talk about it. Take a breath. It's okay. Pause a little bit. Be aware of time. I think, you know, 
a lot of times in corporate prayer, the effect of this is, is widespread. You know, someone starts, there is, a, there is a time frame. There is a, there's an expiration date on prayer, corporate prayer. Okay, and after a certain amount of time, the prayers just expire. I mean, and everybody's going, okay, next person, please. And the next person in line is like, oh, I guess I'll just go sit down. I think it got it covered, I guess, you know. That doesn't, that's not serving one another. That's not alignment. That's not team playing. Have you ever a basketball team? It's called a ball hog. That's what that's called. And teams lose because of ball hogs. Listen, I'm young, y'all. I think the culprit of this, there's two culprits that I want to identify. So you can just search your heart in this. Number one, I call it the searching prayer. It's like you don't know what you're really praying. So you're up here praying, figuring out what you're going to pray. Have you ever heard that? Lord, you're so good and kind. Lord, and I just thank you for this prayer because you're good. Your love endures forever and your kindness is awesome. And Lord, thank you for goodness. Mmm, good. It's like you're, you're like thinking about what, what am I going to pray? I don't even know what I'm praying for yet. And then finally you hit something and then there's like this, this swell in prayer. You know what I'm saying? Um, I read one of these marriage books and listen, no offense, but they, they, they made this general statement. I don't agree with this at all. But they said, ladies like to talk this way. They call this a plane and they like to just, they're, 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 they've not landed anywhere yet. They're just talking about it. And they're kind of figuring it out as they go until finally they find a place to land. Guys, have you ever experienced that? No. Very good, guys. Well done. Well done. I applaud you. That's well done. You're learning. But I mean, prayer can be like that. And I think, man, just know what you're praying for when you come up to pray. It'll help your prayers be a lot shorter and more fruitful. The second is this, and I'm, and I'm done. <laughs> the second is this, and I'm done. I, I, I'm getting people going, you need to stop right now. <laughs> okay. okay. I think the other culprit for long-winded prayers, I call it the four-by-one relay versus the 400-meter dash. See, a four-by-one, I think, is a great picture of, of prayer. There's a baton involved, okay? You ever seen this? this if you've ever been on a track meet, uh, I did track. Uh, I loved it. Uh, went to college, did track, and, man, they got, those guys are serious in college. And uh, when they're practicing, they kind of they get in a line. Four guys get in a line, and they're walking all in step at the same time. Now, if that doesn't talk about teamwork and prayer, I don't know what does. But here they are walking in time, Paul says, stay in step with the Spirit. Okay, so here they are going like this and they would do this, right? And the person behind them would reach forward and grab it. And it was all one fluid motion. There wasn't a dropped baton. It was just like, bam, 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 pass, pass. And all four people would get it. And a four by one means four guys for 100 meters. But we see the guy get on the microphone and instead of being a four by one, he's just running 400 meters by himself. He's gonna run that whole lap by himself with the baton. And there's no handing off of a baton. That's not team prayer. That's just an individual event. And we've had enough of individual events in the church today. I think, I think we've had enough of individual events in the church today. We need, we need to get on board with our father not just my father. So hand off the baton. 
I have like six other pages of stuff, but I think this is good. We've got about five minutes and I'm just gonna ask Jonathan, if you'd come up and jump on those keys. In fact, don't jump on them, just sit there and play them. And what we're going to do is, if it's okay, I'd like to employ some of these protocols. Is that okay? I, I want, listen, we are equipped to pray together. Let's pray together. Let's pray together. So here's, here's what we're going to do. Pastor Jade, a few weeks back, he gave us six different things that we can pray for. Do we have that, Zach? Okay, six, go and put that up. We have six different things we can pray for. Pray for the body of Christ locally and globally to walk in the spirit of unity, releasing his power and presence into the world. I think we can pray for that. That's something we can easily pray for. And there's verses involved here. We've got it right here, just six different things that we can be praying for. And what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna ask, if you can bring that, um, I'm just gonna have, this is the handheld and uh, we're gonna stand and, And I'm going to say, if there's something on here, just read through this real quickly right now. And if there's something on there and you say, yes, yes, I agree with that. I want to pray. Then I want you to come forward and let's pray in agreement. Let's lift our voices together. Let us express God's unity and the unity of the body. That's what we do. Protocol enables us to reflect who God is in the earth. God is unified with himself, all three of him. It's called the Trinity. Can you guys do that with me this morning? Can you do that with me this morning? Can we pray together this morning? Stand to your feet. And listen, I don't think there's there's no reason to be shy. There's no reason to be afraid. This is just a time where we're gonna pray together. We're just gonna take, listen, it's just five minutes of praying together, but unified prayer in five minutes can go so far if we allow it. God wants to change this city. God wants to change your situation. God wants to change this nation. And it's gonna happen because we pray together, amen? So I'm gonna pray. If you see something on here that you know you can pray for, just come on down. I release you now. Come on down, let's pray together. I'm gonna start us off. Heavenly Father, number one, God, we just say, (laughs) you're good. And I'm not searching for anything, but God, I'm declaring you're good and I love you. We love you. And Father, we want to be a people of passionate, agreed prayer, prayer that is birthed out of our unity and love for one another. We wanna be marked by our prayer together. We wanna be marked by our protocol of corporate prayer. God, I pray in the name of Jesus, release your spirit, teach us to pray. That's what this sermon series is all about. God, would you teach us to pray together, to lift up our voices together and seek your face in Jesus' name. Amen, let's pray together. Yes, Lord, I agree. And I just say, Lord, with that, would you teach us how to pray through conflicts? Yes, Father, teach us to pray through conflicts. Teach us how to pray through divisions, God. Yes, Father. Lord, that we would ask you, Holy Spirit, how do I reconcile this? How do I reconcile this? Holy Spirit, instead of being right. (laughs) Would you help us lay down our pride? Not to be right, Father. Would you let this release healing to the church first, God? Would you release healing? I agree, Father. And then to the world, God. We thank you, Lord. In relationships, you are relational. (laughs) So I just ask, Lord, in Jesus' name, that you would make us more aware 
of asking for your Holy Spirit in conflict. In yes, Jesus Lord, name. make us more aware, Father. I agree. Amen, I agree, Lord. Jesus. Father, I thank you. I just pray for our love to increase. Yes, to God. To overflow to one another. Cause our love to increase. Father, I pray that we would make your joy complete by being yes, like-minded. God. Yes, God. I being want one you to in be spirit and a purpose. Because of our love in for Jesus one another. Jesus' name. God, thank you that you bring the right people together from yes, across the world. Yes, you do. Thank you that God, you've you brought do. us into you this room right to learn about together. this thing with family. divine connection. God, divine I pray that you would connect our spirits so that even when we leave this place, Father, we would meet more people that you want to bring, Yes, that you want to connect, that you want to unite in this place. Yes, Lord, I pray that the word that we heard in this place today would unite us even as yes, God, we want week to be united. continues, Father. We Thank you in Jesus' united. name. Thank you in Jesus' name. Lord, we repent for checking out during times of corporate yes, prayer. Lord, Lord we, we, repre- out, we repent God. for praying um, individual prayers yes, Lord. or changing the topic. Lord, we repent from removing ourselves from protocol that you yes, set up Lord. in your word. Yes, Lord. And Lord, yes, I pray Lord. that in its place that we, we repent from that, Lord, and I pray that we we have a spirit of unity, Lord, that yes, would be like Father, an Acts chapter two spirit of unity, Lord, that we would pray in one accord and in one spirit, Lord, yes. so much so that your Holy Spirit would accord, fall on us and fall outside of this mind. church, Lord, and that pe- many people would come to know your name, Lord, just from our spirit of unity and prayer, Lord. We pray again, like Pastor Dan said, um, we echo the, the prayer and the request of the disciples, Lord, that yes. you would teach us to, teach pray. Us to pray, not Father. teach me to pray, but teach us to pray. To pray. Thank yes, you, Jesus, God. for your instruction agree, on Lord. prayer and your protocol that you've set up for us. Yes, Lord. Teach us to pray, God. Father, I thank you for our Father, yes, who art in heaven. Hallowed, Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom, kingdom come, come, thy, thy will, will be done, done on earth as it is in heaven. heaven. Give us this day our, our daily bread. bread. And forgive, forgive us our, our trespasses, as we forgive, forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Lord, I thank you that we would be a shining light, that we are praying to our Father, and that we say us in this prayer. Lord Jesus, I pray not only for this body in Antioch, Lord, for the bodies in Colorado Springs, Lord. Lord, it is our prayer fervently that the churches in Colorado Springs would become to know as the believers of God in Colorado Springs. We would be known as the believers here, Lord Jesus. Lord, we thank you for New Life. We thank you, Lord, for Woodman Valley. We thank you for Radiant. We thank you for all of these churches. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, for giving us the desires on our hearts to reach out as the body to the churches in Colorado Springs. Yes, Lord. Lord, for the good of the kingdom of God in yes, this city. In Jesus. In this city, God, I agree. And we ask you to help us walk in a manner worthy of the calling yes. with which you've called That's it. us, That's at, it. to which we've been called with all humility. With all humility. We choose to walk in humility and gentleness with patience showing tolerance for one another in love. Yes, I agree. We ask to, to be able to walk in, diligent, in diligence to preserve the unity of the Spirit I agree. in the I bond agree. of peace. In the bond of peace, Lord. There's one body and one Spirit, 
with which we have been called and the one hope of our calling. Yes, Lord. Lord, we recognize that there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father who is over all of us and through all of us and in all of us. Yes. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Father, we lift up your name this morning and we pray, God, would you forge us into a people not of passing relationships, but Father, of a fellowship that lasts years. God, heart connections that are forged stronger because, because we pray together. We recognize that we must pray together. We can't do this thing called Christianity alone. We can't, God, we can't do it as just friends. We can't do it as just passing acquaintances. We must do it as family. Forge us into family this morning. And may we be forged in the fires of prayer together. Empower our prayers with protocol, Lord. And keep us far from the spirit of religion. Keep our hearts tender. Keep our eyes focused on you. Oh God, I believe we stand at the precipice of great impact in our city as we talk about praying together. In Jesus' name. Everyone shout amen. 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 Come on now. Why don't we give a clap to the Lord?